Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's such a good pick-me-up in the middle of the night. 4 a.m. on the East Coast, 1 a.m. in the Pacific time zone, and when it comes to Alaska and Hawaii, you all are stragglers, but you're catching up. We are moving into our Tuesday, November 28th. Wow. By the end of this week, it will, in fact, be December, and no, I'm not going to freak out about everything that still needs to be done before I take off for Texas for really 18 days. That's coming up. It's on the horizon. Uh, For those of you who are curious and still have questions about the upcoming nuptials, producer Jay and I are going to do a combined Ask Amy Anything Walks Down the Aisle video version. We're actually going to record it later this week because he tells me you're still asking questions about the wedding, which is now not even three weeks away. Nope, not going to freak out. Not going to freak out. Uh, so so we'll do that video version come at the end of this week. Like I said, combined holidays with Christmas on the horizon as well as your final wedding questions answered. So Ask Amy Walks Down the Aisle Part 3, but with a holiday twist. So if you don't have our YouTube channel uh, in your favorites it it bookmarked well you should do that you should subscribe to it i know a lot of you actually subscribe and are followers to my blog so you get an email every time there's a new post Uh, and for those of you who are curious i did just answer a couple of your pertinent post wedding questions in my latest blog post it is actually uh, up on my twitter a law radio or on our facebook page too i do appreciate your curiosity i really do I wanted to right away on Sunday night into Monday morning tell you about my latest epic fail in the kitchen, but we just didn't have time. And uh, Bob actually asked me on our Monday evening phone call, so the pie story coming up on tonight's show? Uh Uh-huh. I promised, and I never go back on my word. If it is at all possible, I never go back on my word. Sometimes late. Uh, Very often late, actually, Uh, but I do deliver on my promises. Speaking of that, just really quickly, the After Hours Zoom Room, Producer Jay has reached out to a bunch of you, those of you who were the closest to our random number that we guessed from a couple of weeks ago. So if you were anywhere close to 346, 346, that was the, uh, the, the guess, well, it was the number that I wrote down that you were guessing toward Uh, Make sure you check out your... How did you reach out to people? Facebook Messenger is where I need to hear back from. Facebook Messenger is how he reached... So all the answers were on Facebook? No, the other ones were Twitter, but I've heard responses from Twitter people. Okay, gotcha. So if you think that you were close to 346, maybe you can't remember your guess, but if you think you were close to 346 and you are a Facebook listener, (laughs) you know who you are. 
Uh, I do think Facebook is the devil, but we get a lot of responses from our Facebook page, so we keep it going. In fact, I think we're about 45,000 followers on our Facebook page or, or friends. We can call you all friends on our Facebook page. So for those of you who were close to that number, make sure you check out Facebook Messenger because we still need to hear from a few of you. We'll do a holiday Zoom room. But again, coming up quickly because within the next two and a half weeks, I'm I'm done for the year. Uh, and t- well, until after Christmas. I've got three shows the week between Christmas and New Year's, uh, but that's it. Otherwise, I'll be taken off on the morning of December 13th and and won't be back with you for quite a while until after the wedding. So make sure you check it out. Our Facebook page is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Then you know our show Twitter is After Hours CBS. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. Coming up this hour, a little QB news. Latest on a couple of injuries. Also, we'll dive into some of the college drama from the weekend. Week 13 in college. We're heading into conference championships this weekend. So we'll do a lot more of college football as we head toward the end of the week. We also are expected to have Hall of Famer Steve Largent on the show tomorrow night. Uh, I mean, we're, I'm going to talk to him during the afternoon because that's what fits his schedule. But he is not only a football Hall of Famer, he's partnering with Mike Ditka and the Gridiron Greats, also with Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Uh, so they two, they two partner together along with Hall of Famers to raise money and awareness for the Gridiron Greats assistance fund that was started by Mike Ditka. Uh, you know that we've partnered with Southern Recipe for years here on the show and will be doing so in a very specific and tasty way heading through the month of December as well as into the football postseason all the way to Vegas and Radio Row. So we're excited about that. I want to make sure you don't miss out because it's not just about football. It is football and pigskins and they go together <laughs> but it's it's really got an altruistic message and a great cause and a great push behind it. So we're excited for that. Again, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on either Twitter or Facebook. Vote for TD of the Week. And as I say, lots of goodies there on our social media. Have I stalled long enough? I might have. Okay, here you go. Here's the story of how I nearly set my house on fire. Definitely set my oven on fire. I actually put this on Twitter on Tuesday that because my Thanksgiving was unexpectedly solo, Uh, family plans got canceled because Bob had an emergency in his family. And so we were not able to go away for Thanksgiving. I was in New Jersey. I was home for most of Thanksgiving. And so as I was looking for a way to, I don't know, in in just inflect some joy or I guess uh, insert some joy into my Thanksgiving after our plans got canceled, I decided a new recipe was exactly what I needed. So, I found a recipe for walnut crunch pumpkin pie. Walnut crunch pumpkin pie. Now, I generally do like to make pumpkin pie, but this was something new. And it looked very tasty. It did not seem complicated. And so, I thought I would go bold with my dessert. Again, there's evidence of the fact that I had found and intended to try this new recipe. So, on Tuesday evening, I get up. Not working Tuesday night, off the rest of the week, think, okay, I'm going to dive in. This is going to make me happy. It's going to give me some kitchen joy, and and it'll, it'll make my holiday a little bit brighter. So I do everything I need to do. I follow the recipe for a tea, uh, to a tea, excuse me. I put the pie in the oven, 
and it bakes for about 40 to 50 minutes. I pull it out of the oven. The knife comes out clean for those of you who know, meaning the pie is done. You stick a knife into the center of it. If it comes out without any pumpkin on it, well, that's generally done. So I'm feeling good. The pie smells great. It looks real good. I take some pictures of it. And then after letting it cool for about six hours or so, this is now Tuesday night, I take the walnut mix that I've made. Now, this is walnuts and melted butter and brown sugar. That's it. That's all you put on top of the pie. So I spread the walnut mixture on top of the cooled pie. The reason you have to have it cool first is because you don't want the walnuts to sink into the pumpkin pie. You want it to to the walnut mixture to sit on top. And the instructions call for putting it in the broiler, not the oven, but putting it in the broiler, which is a, a top heat. Okay, so it's the oven cooks from beneath your dish. The broiler cooks on top of your dish. So I heat up the broiler, but not all the way because I have a really hot broiler. And I insert the pumpkin pie with the walnut crunch mixture on top into the broiler. Now it says two to three minutes. Just long enough for it to start to gurgle, actually. It said if you see the pie, the pumpkin, start to gurgle, will you take it out? All right. I'm good. I turn on the broiler. I don't even wait until it's completely hot, which I think is 550 degrees. I put the pie in, and I wait. I don't think I wait very long. I'm brushing my teeth. I I turned on the light just to check on it. It was good. It was starting to get warmed up. It wasn't quite gurgling, but I could see that it was heating up. I run upstairs to get rid of my toothbrush, to rinse out my mouth, and I get back downstairs. Maybe it was longer than I thought. I don't think so. It couldn't have been more than four minutes tops. I open up the broiler. The entire pie is on fire, as in the whole top surface of the pie is engulfed in flames. I don't mean a little bitty flame like a candle. I don't mean a little bitty flame like a lighter. I mean the entire top of the pie and all the way around the crust on fire. The flames were at least four inches high. We're we're not talking about a little bitty fire. We're talking about a, a fire in my oven. So as you can imagine, now I didn't panic, but I realized, okay, first thing, turn off the heat. So I turn off the broiler. Already at this point, I'm thinking, well, the pie is going to be toast. I can see that the crust has been burnt to a black crisp around the top of the pie dish. Stop it. main concern at this moment in time was, oh, no, I ruined the pie. Oh, that's absolutely my main concern. That was my first thought is, no, my pie. It was so perfect. And now my pie is on fire. And as I say, I can tell that the crust is disintegrating. It's burning up. The middle of the pie is, I guess, because it was too close to the heat or because the, there was butter there, is is all on fire. I do have photographic evidence, not of the fire, but of the aftermath, the char. I obviously did not. Well, my phone was actually upstairs. I did not run upstairs, grab my phone, and take a picture. So at least give me credit for that. My next thought is, how the heck do I get it out of my oven? It's on fire. Fire. We're not talking about little bitty flame. Woo, yay. No, we're talking about blue and purple flames shooting out of this pie. So I get brave and I think, all right. Now, by this time, I've turned off the broiler. 
I am going to take a couple of pot holders and see if I can get this puppy out of the oven and put it on my stovetop. Okay. Because it's now, well, yes, but it's now burning inside my oven. So it's, it's leaving char inside my oven. So I do, I grab the thickest pot holders I have and I, I pull the, the rack out of the oven. Okay. So I, I didn't have to touch the, the pie dish for that. I pull the rack out of the oven and I do my best to slide these two pot holders to the outside lip underneath. And then I pull the pie out, still completely on fire. So now I set it on top of my stove, and there are flames shooting out of the top of the pie. So it's not its not going out by itself, is what I'm telling you. Okay, so I'll just, two things I'll admit to, because I really didn't know what to do in this moment. Number one, I tried to blow on it. I, I <laughs> Give it more oxygen? Well, I, I mean, there's oxygen CO2, filling the room. There was no way that, that uh, yeah, there was no way that I was going to put it out, but I, I tried. I thought maybe it'll be like candles on a cake, and so I, yeah, I, I attempted to blow it out. No, way too many flames, a, a, a bit of smoke then, and th- so I panicked, and well, I didn't panic, but I, I got a little nervous, and I started turning on the fan on my stove just to try to keep it from setting off every fire alarm That's in the house. Idea. I did not open the windows because it was below freezing outside. So I thought maybe that's not a great idea. Anyway, the blowing on the candles on this pie did not work. The candles, there were far too many candles. So then I briefly think, what if I grab the fire extinguisher? It's just around the door into my laundry room, which is off the kitchen. But then I realized if I do that, I'll have to redo my entire kitchen. I mean, there's you can't clean up from that. I if I could be wrong, but I think it takes a professional cleaner to get the 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 fire extinguisher substance out of your kitchen. Foam or whatever. I've actually never shot a fire extinguisher. Shot? Yeah. I love that you just said a <laughs> shot one. I've never used one either. I've never pulled the pin. Um, but I, I didn't in this case. I figured there's gotta be an easier way to put the fire out. By the way, fire's still burning. It's not going out by itself. Are you ready? Here's what I did. I grabbed the very thick pot holder, the thickest of the two pot holders, and started pounding. Meshed it. Yeah, I started I started flapping it in the air and then boom, 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 boom all over the pie. It worked. That's how I got the pie out. Now my pot holder is black and charred, but I got the I got the fire out. You did you hear me just say on accident? I got the pie out. I got the fire out of the pie. That's what I did. I started like a blanket that you would use to put. You you see sometimes firefighters fire use blanket. blankets. Well, this was not a fire blanket, but it obviously was heat resistance because uh, resistant because it's a pot holder. So I start just smashing the fire with the pot holder. It's a prudent approach to take. Thank you, and it did actually work, Mike Tomlin. Uh, it did work. So the pie was no longer on fire. There's still smoke, right, coming out of the top of the pie, and it is completely black. The crust is gone. You you can't even see the crust of the pie anymore. It's completely gone. And the walnut crunch mix, black, because it was on fire. No saving the pie at all at this well, point. Well, I will admit that I realized there was... So I let I set the pie. I didn't even know what to do. I just I left the fan on for about twenty minutes. Just, I went upstairs. Yeah, I went through some pretty traumatic uh, experience. Yeah, there. the the fan took care of the smoke. Thankfully, I didn't even move the pie from where it was on the stove. I 
put a cover on it, you know, one of those covers that you would put in the microwave to warm your food to make yeah. sure you don't get food splatter all over. So I covered it with that and just left it and went to bed. Because <laughs> by this time, oh it's, it's one o'clock in the morning and I, I just, I can't. I, I put a fire out in my kitchen. I don't know what else so to do. Who won? And I'm so disappointed about the pie because I had spent a couple hours and and some brain power on a Tuesday evening, and now the pie is completely charred. The whole top. The crust is gone. My favorite part, the crust, all gone. And I didn't even get to try it. Ugh. So I go to bed. I cover it. I get up the next morning. There's a faint smell. It's not terrible. I take the top off the pie. I haven't eaten breakfast. I haven't had coffee. I realize in the middle, it's less charred. It's less burnt to a crisp than the outside. The outside, there was no redeeming. I grab a spoon. I poke through the top hole on the the, the walnut crunch. So the middle was less charred. I scoop out some pumpkin. It was delicious. The pie was delicious. And because the the... The crust had a layer of walnuts on the bottom. There actually was some of the walnut mixture on the bottom of the pie. It was so good. So I determined I would make another one, which I did on Wednesday. I spent a good chunk of Wednesday morning making another pie. I did not try the broiler again because I was afraid, very afraid. And actually, this is kind of funny. (laughs) My uh, turkey went in, my turkey breast went in the crock pot and because in the crock pot it doesn't brown, the skin doesn't brown, you're supposed to take it out of the crock pot and put it in the broiler to brown for about five minutes. Very close to the heat, the recipe said. I was petrified. So the broiler's on. I'm thinking there's no way. I slid the rack down as far as it would go, but the turkey breast was obviously taller than the pie. So I put the pie on the top shelf as far away from the heat as I can. I start to hear it crackle stop i'm worried that it's going to be on fire again so i freak out and i turn off the broiler and just let it sit in there which it did brown and it was great but yeah this was a a fairly traumatic experience i had to clean up the whole front of the stove from where i'd pulled the flames out from underneath the oven because the flames had turned my part of my stove black yeah it was it was super fun i set a pie on fire i set my oven on fire but i got it out (laughs) Using a very thick pot holder. <laughs> the, the broiling here. Yeah. Is it it was ju- just supposed to to warm up the walnuts enough to keep them sticky. Well, to make them stick together. So it, it made a, a firm layer mm-hmm. over the top of the pie. Right? So it was kind of a crunchy layer on Sounds top of delicious. the pie. Oh, it is delicious. The second pie turned out really good. Uh, unfortunately, the first pie... And then on on Thanksgiving night, I had to ch- I just had to chuck the whole thing. I put it in the fridge. After I tasted the inside of it, I thought, well, maybe I could scoop some of it out and save some of the original pie. Don't judge a burnt pie by its crust. <laughs> but, but it was so badly burnt that any like outside of the middle, so I was able to scoop some of the pumpkin out of the middle. Other than that, the rest of it tasted burnt. I, I suppose that's what happens when you set something on fire. It's just now with that and with the turkey, with the broiler, now... Mm-hmm. I'm a little afraid. Right. Like, moving forward, what can be broiled, if anything, at this well, point? Well, see, I broil a lot of my meats. Chicken, salmon. I even broil burgers at times because I like how they cook with the with the top heat. <laughs> but I'm nervous now. Yeah. I, I'm not, you've never seen my face like you saw it when I open up the oven and everything is on fire. Everything is on fire. Was it like a, the whole thing? Like like you open it up and it's like a 
You know what I mean? Like shot back at you? No, no, it mm. wasn't. There was no, what's that called? Backdraft? There was yeah. no backdraft. That was a great movie, by the way. <laughs> I old, there's seen an it. old movie, but really good movie. Uh, Kurt Russell, I think, is oh, in that. Oh, check it out. Yeah, really good movie. Uh, n- no, no backdraft, just flames. As I'm telling you, four to five inches tall. And, and even when I pull it out right. of the oven, there's it's still burning on my stove. I do have a picture. Would you like to see it? Of course I would. Okay, I'll send it to you. You grab your phone. All I'll right. send you the photographic evidence. You tell me if you think that I should. Do you think my baking reputation would be completely and utterly destroyed if I posted this photo on social media? I don't, but that's where I'm going back to the whole broiler thing where I don't think this is your fault. I think this broiler's out to like attack your no. food right now. <laughs> No, the turkey was great. I didn't have any issues with the turkey. So I'm I'm going to show you the before and after the flames. Um, oh, and, no. And you tell me. No, the pie was actually really pretty until it was on fire. So I've sent you the photo. You tell me if that will destroy my baking reputation to the point where I my cred, my cred is gone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The before do you, and do after. You see, do you see how the crust was? It was... It was nothing but black. The crust was gone. It burnt to a. Cr- it was. Bu- it was burnt up. It was gone. It. it <laughs> this picture. It's like making me sad because it, it's. We have to make you sad. I almost feel like I see like the the pie the burnt pie crying. Like I can see it beforehand. Now it's like got his whole life ahead of it. It's Help happy, me. and then it's just Help what happened. <laughs> oh my gosh! It is like a perfect burn though around the crust. Perfect burn. Well. <laughs> It was. It wasn't even a controlled burn. <laughs> it, lo- it looked like that fire had a mission. All right, Jay. If you think I should share the picture, I will. But but I don't think <sighs> that I don't think that I can recover. There's no coming back from burning a pie in your oven. It's not my baking rep on the line here. I don't think this would destroy your baking rep because you do see how good. Like this is a finished product here, you know. And then it just was on that last final step, and it was out of your hands to why it got well, not, not out of my hands. It was in my oven. I apparently let it go into the broiler for too long. I'm trying to help. I don't know. I'm trying to. The pie is pretty, though. The The second picture I sent you is of the next pie that I made. So this the it turns out great. It's just the first one was. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's burnt to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should don't, share it. Don't be like me. <laughs> well, oh. I think you uh, see. It's kind of like a like a like a life lesson here, where the first one went poorly, and I made, failed miserably. Just just sell it like but it is. I, I failed miserably. I don't know. I don't want to go that far. No, I threw the entire pie in the garbage, other than a some. little bit that I scooped out in the middle. I suppose failure was not the end because I learned from it and I made a much better pie for Thanksgiving Day. And by the way, my friend Jasmine who realized I would be alone and decided she would invite herself for Thanksgiving dinner. Thank you, Jazz. Uh, I did realize that, and for that reason, I made another pie, which was delicious. <laughs> I mean, the colors on the burnt one, I, I would. it looks almost like a piece of like abstract art that could be hanging in Stop like, a museum. It. Stop it. You are not making this any better. It does, though. <laughs> I just got a text from my friend Danielle. I need to see the picture. I'm dying laughing. <laughs> it's quite the photo. That's all I'll say. All right. Maybe. I'll think about it. Should we vote? It, it's... Do you want to see the photo of Amy's 
burnt pie. I think it needs the before and Charred after. Charred pie. Like it, it, the, it needs the comparison. If you're gonna post, you gotta post them both. <laughs> Have to, because that's it's. <laughs> you can't believe those are the same thing. <laughs> But they are. Oh my gosh! Uh, I told, I called Bob's mom, my future mother-in-law, to tell her the story because I thought she needed some holiday cheer. She laughed so hard she cried. I, I even told Bob I can't tell you the story until I tell mom because I, she needs some cheering up. And so I did call her and tell her and uh, sent her the photo, and she thought it was <laughs> epic. It's, it's the photo mix. She, I said, "You're never gonna let me uh, bake a pie for you, are you?" She said. Oh. You could bake the pie for Christmas if you want. Just not in her kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) It's after hours with Amy Lawrence. Maybe I'll share the photos. If I'm feeling brave, I'll share the photo of how I set a pie and my oven on fire because there is photographic evidence. I hope your Thanksgiving was less flammable than mine. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Fields winds up in the gun, drops back five, right tackle block, winds up, line drive down the field, caught with the leap of the 25, grabbed and running down to the 20-yard line is DJ Moore and spins by the 15 and down near the 13-12-yard line of Minnesota. What a throw by Fields. 37-yard gain. Timeout Vikings. We only really needed 15, you know, 18 yards to make it nice, uh, you know, in terms of our kick line there. But, uh, you know, obviously when you get that big chunk there, it kind of seals the deal there. And, uh, you know, DJ runs a, a beautiful one cut. He's a great route runner. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The voice of Matt Oop, uh, Matt Eberflus, head coach of the Chicago Bears as they win their fourth on the season. And as much as they limped to the finish line and did not score a touchdown against the Vikings in Minneapolis, that 
third and 10 conversion with the DJ Moore catch. Maybe he's wide open. You hear with Kevin Harlan on Westwood one. Uh, he found a seam. He found a spot, uh, just an opening in the middle of the defense. And Justin Fields fired a bullet to him. And so Moore was able to catch it a couple of yards after catch, uh, dragged a few defenders with him. And already they were in field goal range. And so aggressive on third and 10. And DJ Moore knew exactly where to go so that Justin Fields would find him center of the field, completely exposed by that Vikings defense. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, Justin Fields had a pair of turnovers on back-to-back fourth-quarter drives. And after the second one, the Vikings, you would think, with three and a half minutes to go, would be in great position, except they go three and out. The offense managed one touchdown, just one, four interceptions by Josh Dobbs. I think three of them were actually tipped either off the hands of the receiver or tipped by a Bears defender, Bear lineman, and then hauled in for the turnover. It was a mess. And early on, even, so there were two interceptions in the first half. Early on, even when the Vikings had the football, they did absolutely nothing with it. When the, the stats were so lopsided in the first half. The Bears were unable to capitalize, though, on their opportunities in terms of getting into the end zone, or this turns into a major blowout. So the Bears were only officially 0 for 2 in the red zone. But their field goals, ultimately having enough points off the foot of their kicker, was all that they needed because they dominated time of possession and they won the turnover battle. They hold the Vikings to just 73 yards rushing. And they actually have a, a pretty sweet conversion. Initially, you may have seen that Justin Fields started out 12 for 12. He completed his first 12 passes, and they also started out 3 for 3 on third down. But after that, really dropped off. If you can win a game by doing nothing except kicking field goals, it means your defense is doing something right. And that certainly was the case for this Bears defense that's received this injection, infusion of energy and athleticism. I really love the attack mode, the attack mentality for Montez Sweat. And so they end up sacking Josh Dobbs a couple of times, but putting pressure on him a ton. And sometimes forcing him either out of the pocket, you know, he can be pretty creative when he runs, but out of the pocket and either throwing on the run or not having time to get his feet set or even having to get rid of the ball far too quickly. So in addition to the the two sacks, they have nine extra hits and a bunch of passes defense to Montez Sweat with a sack and a half plus a tackle for loss plus a pair of hits of Josh Dobbs. So the defense gets a ton of credit for the way this game went. Constantly giving the ball back to Justin Fields and the offense. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, Bears are now four and eight. So no one's talking playoffs, but they're also not giving up on the season. Relief. You know, we came in at halftime. We were up. Defense was playing a great game. Offense kind of got to a slower start that we wanted to. But, um, you know, nothing 
that mattered in the first half mattered to us, you know, starting the second half. So that was, you know, our message was just finish, finish, finish. Because, you know, there's been too many times this season where we've been up, you know, we, we didn't do a good job of finishing. So, again, just going back, proud of everyone uh, for fighting through the end, you know, no matter what had happened and, you know, finishing the game out and, you know, ultimately got the dub. Justin goes 27 of 37, not a ton of yardage, but does complete, as I say, first 12 passes and has a good rhythm at times. Also ran for 59 yards. Still not sure exactly what they're trying to do with the offense. Sometimes I think they want to set him free and let him play some instinctual football. Other times, I don't know. I just know that the more you allow your quarterback to run when he's your primary back, number one, you've got defenders who are ball hawking. They're attempting to strip that ball away from you whenever they can. And he did lose two fumbles. You put your quarterback out there or he puts himself out there and you're open game. Unless you slide, which a lot of times guys do, but if you're going to take off an attempt to make a big play, going to get downfield, well, defenders are coming after you and they're trying to get that ball away from you. And then when you run, you get hit more often. It's just standard. And so there's a much higher risk of injury when you're out from behind the protection of your offensive line, such as it is, and you're kind of in no man's land. So it's not always a great recipe for an extended career. And we know Justin's missed multiple games this year and last year because of injuries. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. As for Josh Dobbs, after the Vikings kind of ride that wave to the first two wins post-Kirk Cousins, they see their winning streak come to an end now, these last couple of games. And the four interceptions, a career high for Josh Dobbs. Turnovers, you know, um really control the game. And so it starts with me and taking care of the football with my decision-making. No matter what happens on the other end, it's, you know, giving the receiver a good ball and um, throwing, getting the ball to where it needs to go based on the coverage. So um, I acknowledge it, man. I'm frustrated with myself. As much as he's done some really good things for us, um, he's still getting comfortable in our pass game, play pass game, knowing where your quick eligibles are to, to put the ball in play, drop back pass, taking the right footwork, feet and eyes, all those things. So Kevin O'Connell and Josh Dobbs still trying to figure it out. But as you heard from Paul Allen, if you were listening last hour, the voice of the Vikings, this was an offense built for Kirk Cousins. And now they're having to retool it for a guy who runs. But I do think that Josh Dobbs is thoughtful and kind of understands what is necessary. And so I like what he says about how the Vikings can fix this moving forward. Be clean, catch and throw, despite whatever's going on, on the other side of the ball, we can get the ball in offense, man. Go out and execute, do what we can do, and uh, we do that. Like, we'll score more than 10 points, um, especially with our defense playing the way that, that we do, and uh, we'll be good to go and put ourselves in better positions to win in the end of the game. Yeah, clean football, right? Clean football. Don't turn the ball over, and that's half the battle. And the Vikings know it well. Remember, they started out the season 0-3, and we're losing the turnover battle 7-1. to one. And now here they are, continuing to turn the ball over, turning the ball over again, and it just makes it so much more difficult to win. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, no, I have not yet shared the photo of the charred pie that set my 
oven on fire. Um, and I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Maybe with some encouragement, I will share it. But I feel like it might ruin my baking rep, <laughs> my baking cred. But on Twitter, you can find our poll for TD of the week. And you can also uh, make sure you vote for these last few minutes in Monday MVP, our Facebook page too. And tonight's question for you, who are the worst owners in pro sports? A lot of Bob Nutting of the Pirates, a lot of John Fisher of the Oakland slash. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Vegas A's. In the Bay Area, they echo that sentiment. Who are the worst owners in pro sports? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. the snap. Milrose stands in, lets everybody get downfield. Still standing. He throws into the end zone. He caught it. It's caught! It's caught by Isaiah Bond! Caught by Isaiah Bond in the corner of the end zone! Touchdown! Alabama! The Crimson Tide with 32 seconds to go in the ball game. Throwing a Hail Mary into the corner of the end zone and Isaiah Bond this is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The great Eli Gold on Learfield calling the end of the Iron Bowl. Yet another epic finish. This one is right up there with the kick six. I'm not sure which one's better. But a decade apart, they are two moments in college football we will be seeing forever. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Jalen Milrow, what was going through your mind as you're facing fourth and 31 and a loss at Auburn? What people don't know is um, my dad and I, you know, since we were little and we trained, uh, we was all about repetition. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Whether it was an out route, a go ball, a post ball, a dig, we threw that ball probably 150 times. Hmm. Constantly, constantly, constantly throwing the ball until I can't miss, until I, until I mess up, honestly. And I'm all about perfection. So that's the biggest thing, um, you know, with my dad, a quick story right there. Um, but with that play, it was all about the 11 guys. Let's start up front, start up front. They did a really good job being patient, uh, being sound, fundamental and taking care of the guys that rushed. Um, and then with that play, you know, the biggest thing about that play was we, 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 we repeatedly uh, work on that play every single week. And uh, it was an opportunity to take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, we were, we were successful. 
They definitely were a stunner. So it was Milrow to Isaiah Bond. He was asked the same question about that fourth and 31, fourth and forever touchdown in the corner of the end zone. If you haven't seen it, he, well, first of all, the ball was thrown at a place where only he could get it. He uses his length and his reach and also his athleticism. He, athleticism, she said, he pushes off on one foot. He leaps into the air. Almost like a can opener. He looks like at one point. Arms up, snags the football, and it would have been a touchdown in the pros because both of his feet he manages to get down in bounds. Uh, really incredible. And I know they can say they practice it a bazillion times, but you don't practice it in game conditions. So the fact that it happens with all that pressure and time running out is just as astounding. Big time players make big time plays, honestly. Uh, one quote my mom instilled me as a young child. Uh, so going out there in a big time moment, uh, it just felt regular, honestly. So go out there and make it a play, just another day, another job. Yeah, congratulations to Alabama and Nick Saban, who did say they practice Hail Mary. So we know it's Alabama and Georgia who will be facing one another in the SEC championship. Uh, that comes up on this Saturday, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, it's familiar foes, but is this healthy for the college game? This is a question that was asked of Nick Saban. I'm not sure that I would have asked the same question because how can it not be healthy to have these two meeting in the SEC championship? But he was asked that question uh, in advance of this game coming up on the weekend. All these sort of, you call them rivalry games, you know, some of them are, instilled in the culture like the Auburn game, the Iron Bowl, uh, that's part of the culture. You know, people have been watching that game for how many years? And um, it's always going to be that. And then, you know, some of these other sort of rivalry games, as you call them, uh, aren't traditional rivalries, uh, but because there's two really good teams playing uh, and it's been – historically that way for a while um they become those kind of games and you know that's kind of what this has become so um you know you don't get an opportunity to play against a team who's won you know 29 straight games very often uh, which speaks to their quality uh, but it also speaks to the challenge and the opportunity that, you know, our team has in preparing for a team like this. I'm excited about championship weekend. It's one of my favorite weekends on the entire sports calendar. And then on the heels of that, we get the final college football playoff rankings uh, because I spent part of my Thanksgiving weekend. I flew into Austin. There are signs of Texas everywhere and then spent most of the weekend about an hour north of Austin in Temple, Texas, uh, for that reason, I got a, a healthy dose of the chatter about Texas and everything that needs to happen for the Longhorns to get into the college football playoff. Uh, we were all watching Auburn, Alabama, and the Iron Bowl live at the end. A big group of people from Bob's family watching this at the end of the game and the roars that went up, the reaction. And this is not in Alabama. This is in Texas. And yet college football fans, they're invested and are looking for chaos. So it was a wild rivalry weekend. 
We'll get to Ohio State and Michigan next hour. Not so much going over the game, but now we have Jim Harbaugh back in charge of his program. He's no longer sidelined. He's praising the interim head coach and the staff that were filling in for him while he was out. Um, And weirdly enough, he tries to throw some cold water on the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry the way that I I didn't throw cold water on my burning pie my pie that was in flames the hot <laughs> the hot pie the hot pad and the uh, the uh, pot holder seem to do the trick it's after hours cbs sports radio okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 